This is Inspired in 15, where we dive into big ideas with the smartest founders and operators we know. In this episode, Claire speaks with Tammy Sund, founder and CEO of Carrot Fertility, all about fertility health care. Tammy started Carrot in 2016 to make fertility care accessible to all. She's since partnered with employers in 120 countries globally to make fertility care a part of the core healthcare stack at work. Tammy shares how the industry has expanded beyond a focus just on medical infertility and why surrogacy usage has seen the largest spike among users. We'll welcome Tammy after the break. As a founder, I know that acquiring customers is important, but keeping them is even more important. That's what separates the good from the great. As you grow your business and build great product, Zendesk for Startups helps you build the foundation to deliver great customer experiences. Startups get Zendesk customer service software free for six months and can access their exclusive community of founders, partners, and resources. Claim this offer at zendesk.com forward slash inspired and start building lasting customer experiences. Hi, Cammy. Welcome to Inspired in 15. We're so excited to have you here today, and I'm excited to dig in on all things fertility healthcare. Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for having me today. It's great to be here. Let's start with the basics. You started Carrot Fertility in 2016 to make fertility healthcare affordable and accessible after your own experience with egg freezing. How do you define fertility healthcare? Um, you know, fertility healthcare is a relatively new concept. For many, many decades, the only concept that really existed was infertility. And infertility is medically defined, for those who don't know, as the inability to achieve pregnancy after six to 12 months between two people of the opposite sex under the supervision of a doctor. So, you know, one can imagine all of the ways that that definition is limiting. Of course, the disease of infertility is, is really, really important. And actually, it's a growing problem. Both men and women are having children and expanding their families and pursuing parenthood much later in life than certainly our parents or our grandparents. And so that's causing you know new opportunities, but also challenges with regards to how people form families. And so fertility is really about sort of everything that you can you know do over the course of a lifetime to engage in and optimize your fertility health outcomes. So that's everything from pre-pregnancy and preconception through pregnancy. We support IVF, egg freezing, adoption, surrogacy. And then last year, we launched a product to serve healthy aging for menopause and low T as well. And as you mentioned, in the last couple of years, one of the biggest societal shifts that we've noticed at Inspired is that people no longer think about fertility healthcare as just for women or just in response to infertility, as you just mentioned, Tammy. Tell us a little bit about who care and other fertility healthcare companies really serve. Yeah, I mean, look, I went through my own fertility care experience. I'm a woman. You know, women are very much at the center of the decisions and consequences related to fertility care. Plus, people of every sex, age, sexual orientation, gender identity, marital status, race, and geography. And so while infertility between two people of the opposite sex is, as I mentioned, a really important problem to help solve, there are so many diverse ways that people can and need to engage in their fertility health care. So for example, same-sex couples will need access not just to IVF, 
but also potentially a donor egg and donor sperm. After an IVF process, there is oftentimes a need for an adoption process to secure parental rights um, in some places. And so, you know, look, we serve members in the U.S. and are available in 120 countries around the world. And so I think one of the new and exciting areas of interest is just the diversity of ways that people can engage in infertility health. And I think, you know, just even just a few years ago, it was sort of a, you know, single one size fits all solution, which is just IBF or even in more, more recent years, like just an egg freezing process. It's so much more than that. And let's talk about the industry as a whole for a second. So you set out to build the most inclusive fertility program in the world. What does inclusivity and fertility look like to you? It really means that a carrot is a home for anyone who needs to engage in fertility health care at any point in their life. So regardless of age, sex, sexual orientation, gender, marital status, or geography, Carrot has a way to serve you. So whether it's, you know, you're five years, two years, three years away from wanting to pursue parenthood, whether through IVF, adoption, or otherwise, there are ways that you can engage and prepare yourself, prepare your body, prepare your family, all the way through menopause. Age-inclusive fertility care is very, very important. Um, reproductive, you know, fertility benefits is obviously critical, but so is post-reproductive fertility benefits. You know, a lot of your most experienced leaders, your most experienced managers, your most experienced executive women are in their 40s and 50s. And Carrot recently ran a survey that found that that decade between 50 years old and 60 for about half of women is the most stressful time of their life. And certainly that has to do, I think, with a lot of the hormonal changes that come with um, perimenopause and menopause. Right. And you've had a front row seat to understanding how employees are really utilizing fertility benefits and probably driving some of that behavior as well over the last couple of years. What are the obvious trends or patterns that you've been seeing? Are there any spikes uh, either in certain age segments or for certain types of care that you've seen? Yeah, look, we've seen a huge spike, for example, in demand for surrogacy or gestational carrier care. It's not the largest by volume or by claims, but it is the largest from a year-on-year -year growth perspective. And I think that's hugely attributable to, you know, the desire for gay men and gay couples to pursue parenthood in a way that includes surrogacy. And talk to us a little bit about how you felt the pandemic has impacted usage of fertility benefits. Well, the pandemic definitely impacted every area of healthcare, and fertility care is, you know, no exception. We saw a huge dip in access to care during that, you know, very difficult time. Um, adoption processes were stopped, IVF cycles were paused, and in some cases, completely stopped and, and derailed. But since the pandemic has waned with the vaccines and, and everything, you know, we have seen activity around access to care in clinic and otherwise reach, you know, higher than pre-pandemic levels. I think during the pandemic, we saw a lot of demand on the platform for, you know, access to and engaging in mental health support. Right. That makes a lot of sense as well. And now when you think about the other side, how have you seen the way that employers think about fertility benefits change pre and post pandemic or over just the last couple of years? I think today more than ever before, fertility is a core part of the healthcare stack at work. And that is a really important milestone that we have crossed for many, many decades. Fertility was largely considered a luxury consumer good. If you, you know, had the means to afford it, you could have it. 
And that meant that that type of healthcare was largely only, only accessible to a certain demographic, largely wealthy, largely white. And I think now, now that it has moved into sort of the core healthcare stack at work, we are seeing a lot more engagement across um, a much more diverse demographic, which is really important. Right. And I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. You know, when you think about fertility on a global landscape, it's incredible that Carrot supports companies in more than 120 countries. How would you rate access to fertility health care in the U.S. compared to the rest of the globe? So, you know, the U.S. has aspects of access to care that are better than other countries. Other countries also have aspects that are better than in the U.S. And I think you know, when comparing countries, there are things that are somewhat better and there are things that are somewhat worse. And I think the general lesson is that in every country around the world, some aspect of access to fertility health care is broken. And there are gaps in almost every single healthcare system in the world when it comes to fertility. And those gaps create sort of disproportionate burdens for specific communities of people. So whether it's LGBTQ, whether it's access to egg freezing for unmarried females, whether it's access to surrogacy for gay couples, there are major gaps almost everywhere. Um, And so we obviously have the privilege to serve members in those countries and fill those gaps. Right. That's super interesting. And you have a background politics. You previously spent time at the Clinton Foundation, also at the Federal Communications Commission prior to founding Carrot. This has been a big year for many things, including reproductive health care. What regulations, current or future, are you keeping an eye on that might impact fertility care? Well, there are certainly more and more regulatory issues and legislative issues that are impacting health care in general and fertility health care specifically. Certainly the Dobbs decision earlier this year had a big impact on access to fertility care. We were, I think, the first to enable employers to use CARET, our flexible financial plan design, to provide coverage for travel related to abortion and um, as well as non-viable pregnancies. So, for example, ectopic pregnancies. I I was particularly excited to see that Congress had passed the Respect for Marriage Act And then certainly on a state-by-state basis, there are regulations and laws that could impact access to care by mandating fertility coverage in certain circumstances. And so those are just a few examples of issues that we're keeping a close eye on. Yeah. And on that note, moving over to a little bit more of the prediction side, you know, right now, less than 5% of all employers offer comprehensive fertility benefits. What do you predict the timeline will look like for widespread adoption? Well, I certainly hope it's fast. And I think that, you know, one of the things about doing this work is that a lot of the progress that we have seen just over the past five years has been faster than I think many of us who are already bullish have expected. And so I think five years from now, we have a huge opportunity to create a future where, you know, everybody has access to equal, you know, everybody has equal access to high quality fertility health care through work. And, you know, you can use Carrot whether you are in the U.S., in the U.K., in Japan. And this benefit, which includes a payments platform, a care navigation team, you know, personalized Carrot plans, these products can help you support the way that you want to pursue parenthood um, because that way is unique to you. And so I think that for the first time really in, in human history, we have the opportunity over the next five years to make 
that true. And our, our mission is fertility care for all. And, and I think it's entirely possible that, that, that in the next few years, we can see that actually happen. Mm -hmm. And Inspired, we've been thinking a lot about the future of fertility care. When you think about the most out there futuristic ideas, what innovations are you the most excited about and what do you think could be the most game changing for the field? Well, I think there's a lot being done that is interesting and exciting at the sort of lab level, the embryology lab level. I think some of the costs of the clinic have the opportunity to come down dramatically if we can make, you know, different AI or machine learning advancements within the clinic and specifically within the lab. So I think that obviously will help in countries like the U.S., but it will also be a huge um, game changer for countries in Africa, in the Middle East and in other places where access to care has different challenges. Got it. And you pioneered a new workplace benefit that helps employers differentiate and stay competitive in this market. Any predictions on other benefits, healthcare related or otherwise, that will become status quo over the next few years? Well, you know, we have we have a lot of partners and friends, for example, in the mental and behavioral health space. It's not a huge surprise that that continues to to grow as well. I'm excited to see really good new products and services in the oncology and the cancer space. You know, Oncofertility is a really, really important aspect of fertility care. Many people who go through cancer treatment, radiation, other types of cancer treatment are often not coached and counseled that fertility preservation is an option. And so I think, you know, some of the products and services that I see helping cancer patients is really exciting. And we, you know, we have the privilege of serving that population in our membership as well. But there's a lot of really exciting stuff happening in healthcare, And, you know, we're just we're, we're excited to be part of it. Yeah. And what can we expect to see out of care fertility over the next couple of years that you're really excited about? Well, you know, we're going to continue to triple down on our global products. Um, we are the leading global platform for fertility care. And as you mentioned, we're available in, you know, 120 countries around the world serving U.S. multinationals. And so, you know, continuing to make sure that, you know, a member in Singapore has the same experience as a member in London, as a member in New York, on behalf of our customers will be really, really important and certainly will continue to invest in the technology itself so that, you know, anyone who comes to the platform will get a personalized experience. And as we sort of mentioned in the beginning, every person's experience, even if they're having the same, you know, treatment, if they're having an IVF cycle or if they're having an accretion cycle, those experiences should be customized, personalized and localized. Right. And I know we're coming down here on time. So a couple of final questions. We always love to ask our listeners that want to learn a little bit more about your category. What's one thing or person we should add to our media diet, whether it's a Substack, a Twitter account, a podcast, a book that we should be looking at to get smarter about fertility healthcare? Oh, you know, I mean, I read a lot of fertility and sterility, which is uh, a little nerdy for, for most people. It's a, it's a medical journal. Uh, and I really started reading that years ago when, when um, you know, I began in 2016 when I began thinking about starting a company in this space. And it, it is it is a fantastic journal. It has helped me through the years really understand what is the latest and greatest in both the medical side, but also um, sort of how providers and researchers think about specific issues from an ethical perspective, as an example. And then as a, as a book recommendation, I would recommend Julia Borsti just released a book recently on um, called When Women Lead. And I had the opportunity to be interviewed for it. And she interviewed, a, you know, I think over 100 female founders and CEOs. And it's just a fantastic, fantastic book about women in leadership. And so I encourage people to, to take a look. 
Yeah. And on that note, you know, as we talked about prior to Carrot, you had worked in politics, had spent some time in startups, including at Evernote. No, and obviously you had Ashima, your co-founder and chief medical officer, but how did you start learning about the healthcare industry to be able to build something like Carrot? And what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who wants to break into the industry? Having expertise is great, but I think also having a fresh perspective with a beginner's mind has very special advantages. And so I would encourage people who are trying to break into a sector or a category where, you know, they may not have perfect technical expertise or understanding, not to really let that prohibit you from trying. And I think, you know, think about your lack of understanding as a gift. You know, obviously talk to as many experts as possible. My co-founder is our chief medical officer. And so, you know, I learned a lot from her, but um, I would try to think of that as a unique advantage and a weapon. Well, this has been great. Tammy, thanks so much for joining us today to share your insights on the future of fertility healthcare. We look forward to seeing all the change you continue to bring to the industry through Carrot. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, subscribe, and review Inspired in 15, and we'll see you next time.